Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we will be studying Duff 20, Kaf, in the first chapter of Masechet Rosh Hashanah. On the bottom of 19b, the last five lines read, Shreichu lemar ukbar ada hasavuch nisan leolam haser. They sent to Mar Ukbad and said, The month of Adar, which precedes Nisan, is always defective. You know, we sometimes have two months of Adar, so this refers to the one that comes right before Nisan. Either it's the regular Adar in a year when there is only one month of Adar, or to Adar Sheni in a year that has two months of Adar. So what is meant with Le'olam Haser? How can a month be defective? The number of days in each month alternate between 29 and 30 days, and in regular years, Kesidran, the month of Macheshvan has 29 days, and Kislev has 30 days. But sometimes Kislev loses a day, and then the year is called Chaser, or Macheshvan can gain a day, and then the year is called Maleh. This is done in order to assure that Rosh Hashanah never falls on a Sunday. Wednesday or Friday, in order to guarantee that Yom Kippur never falls on a Friday or Sunday, meaning the day preceding or following Shabbat, because this would place an enormous burden on the people, as well to assure that Hoshana Rabbah never falls on Shabbat. Because of the discrepancy between the solar and lunar calendar by 11 days, every now and then the months are out of sync with the seasons. An example for a true lunar calendar is the Islamic calendar. So Ramadan, for instance, can fall at any time in the year. It can be in the middle of the summer or the midst of winter. The Jewish holidays are also floating, but are pretty much staying in a certain season. Pesach is always in the spring, Shavuot always at the beginning of summer, and Hanukkah in the winter, etc. So, as the solar year has... 11 days longer than the lunar year, even the Jewish calendar would be out of sync eventually, if not for the practice of inserting a second month of Adar. This second month is inserted before the real month of Adar. The inserted month is Adar 1, or Adar Aleph, and has 30 days. The real Adar is Adar Bet, and has 29 days. In leap years, Purim is always observed in Adar Bet. Now our Gemara, three lines from the top, quotes Rabbi Nachman. We learn that for two new moons Shabbat may be desecrated, those of Nisan and of Tishrei. Rabbi Nachman has a problem with the line from our Mishnah, that on account of Adar messengers are sent out and they may desecrate Shabbat in order to bring news of the new moon sighting because we read the last two lines on the bottom of 19b, continuing on 20a. I amrad beshlema zamnin male, zamnin haser, mishum hachi mechalilin, ela i amrad leolam haser amai mechalilin. 
If you say that it, meaning the month of Adar which precedes Nisan, is sometimes Malay and sometimes Chaser, I understand that sometimes Shabbat needs to be profaned. But if you say that the month is always Chaser, meaning always has 29 days, why should there be a situation where they have to profane it? Meaning, if we know that once 29, once 29 days have gone in Adabet, the month of Nisan will start, so there is no need to send messengers to confirm, to confirm that. Rav Kahana asked, quoting a Mishnah, that at the time when the temple stood, Shabbat was profaned for the establishment of all months, so the sacrifices could be brought accordingly. This shows that it makes sense to have Shabbat transgressed when we assume that the month of Adar close to Nisan is sometimes Malay and sometimes Chaser, because only then will we be able to know exactly when Pesach falls. But if Adar is always Chaser, there is no need to do so. But as the Mishnah says that this is indeed the case, it shows that Adar before Nisan can be Malay or Chaser. What follows is a case when Ma'ula came to Babel and announced that the Beidin in Jerusalem had declared Elul a Malay month. Ma'ula said that this was done for the benefit of the people to prevent that Yom Tov and Shabbat follow immediately, but rather that they are separated by a day. Remember, the first day of Rosh Hashanah never falls on a Friday, Sunday and Wednesday, so that Yom Kippur never falls on a Friday or Sunday. My Tevuta. What is the benefit of this? Ula said because of vegetables, and Rabbi Achaba Hanina said because of dead bodies. It sounds strange, but it actually is very pragmatic. Having a day separating Yom Tov and Shabbat assures that the people are able to get fresh produce. So this is what Ma'ula was referring to when he was saying it's on, it's on account of vegetables. And Rabbi Achaba Hanina said that it enables the community to bury someone who died right before or during the holiday. If not, the body would be lying around for several days and starting to decompose. Now let's jump to the Aini nine lines from where the lines go white on the Gemara. Is it so? Meaning... Can we really lengthen the year for convenience sake? Rabbi Bashmul says, Is it possible that just like a year can be prolonged if necessary, so too a month can be prolonged if necessary? And it continues, Bechi hada ama Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, me aimen al haedim al hachodesh she nira mizmano lavro, ve aim me aimen al haedim. And this is, as Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, we coerce or we intimidate witnesses over a new month that was cited in its due time in order to make it, meaning the month, full. But we don't intimidate the witnesses over a new moon that was not cited in its time in order to sanctify the coming month. Now let me explain. Witnesses come to testify that they have seen the new month on the 30th day, which would make the month a 29-day month. But nevertheless, the Beit Din can coerce the witnesses to withhold their statement and so make the month a 30-day month, a Malay month. But if the new moon wasn't sighted on the 30th day, 
Although we really would like to end the month so we can prevent Yom Kippur falling or preceding Shabbat, we cannot intimidate witnesses to claim that they did see the new month. Any? Really? And it comes with a story. Rabbi Yehuda Nesia sent a message to Rabbi Ami, You should know that during the days of Rabbi Yochanan, he taught us. We intimidate witnesses to testify that they did see a new moon in its time to sanctify the incoming month, even though they didn't see it. I think this is very fascinating. The Beit Din seems to rely on false testimony in order to get the wanted result to fix a problem in the calendar that would affect the people negatively. What follows is some fancy footwork to explain how the Beit Din can do so without violating the principle of You shall uh, stay away from uh, things of lying. You shall not give false testimony. A discussion in which also the Rishonim participate enthusiastically. Rashi, Tosafot, Rambam, Rabbeinu Hananel, just to name a few. Rashi says that the Beit Din indeed instructed the witnesses to lie, and the prohibition against false testimony doesn't apply because the witnesses are not actually testifying against a person. Rambam, on the other hand, says that the Beit Din doesn't instruct them to lie, but tells the witnesses to present their testimony in a way that doesn't throw doubt on their testimony. And anyway, it throws a very interesting light on the judicial procedures of the Beit Din and how various priorities could get weighted against each other. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.